Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're about to get jumped. Welcome to episode 225 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Mob Psycho 100 Part 3, Episodes 5 and 6, plus the fourth episode of Star Wars Visions Part 2. In one of those, a girl recontextualizes her relationship with her mom, and in the other, a boy recontextualizes his relationship with his evil ghost friend. When you were growing up, did you ever think to yourself, man, these days will last forever, running outside, taking your ball, throwing it as far as you can for your ghost friend to bring it back, all covered in ectoplasm? You remember those days? It would fly out over the lake and attack ducks and scare them off. It would also scare the old neighbor lady next door until she had a heart attack. And then the police came. And then it got real quiet around your neighborhood because somebody thought that somebody may have killed the old lady next door. But you knew. You knew what really happened. But you weren't going to tell anybody about that. We're going to keep it as our secret. And the ghost got real close to your face when you said that. So you were like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Anybody else remember those summers? Who hasn't had those summers? Alright, let's jump in. Could be that this is one of those summers. You never know. Hey, uh, hey everybody. Blake had a pre-show notes and I also watched this thing and we haven't talked about it. But Blake, have, have you talk- seen the trailer for the live action One Piece? I have. I watched it uh, whenever I put this in the notes, which this is a... Uh, this is another week where we had some life stuff push back our recording initial schedule. So I watched it probably more than a week ago, uh, maybe closer to two weeks ago. Uh, and it sure is a trailer. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is a well, trailer. If you don't know what we're talking about, number one, you almost certainly know what One Piece is, or at least that it exists. It is an extremely popular and shockingly long-running manga slash anime series. Some some number of not that many years ago, Netflix announced that they had acquired the rights to and were uh, developing a live-action adaptation of this anime series is not and not a Japanese live action adaptation it is an English live action adaptation and uh, yeah this is the trailer the release date is listed as August 31st that's this year uh, and the trailer it looks like it's a lot of stuff from those those early episodes which I've seen even though I haven't I haven't watched or read most of one piece but I've gone through the beginning section a handful of times and yeah. this looks like it's pretty much that. And, uh, well, I think the elephant in the room here, Spencer, is uh, Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. I I think from the trailer, the trailer looks like it could be interesting. From what mm-hmm. I have seen from things coming out from Netflix that I thought were going to be okay but ended up being frustrating, I, I hope that it's going to be better and i i wonder if it will for a specific reason and that is that it doesn't have a star attached to it and i wonder uh-huh. if that is going to be the thing that makes it different i really hope that a lot of these people are trying to break through the for the first time and really when you think about it the last time that netflix had a big 
big smash other than I don't know. I, I don't think any of the other ones have been, like, smash hits other than Stranger Things. Stranger Things was, like, the big, massive smash hit. And the only I would say was- Orange is the New Black, House of Cards were sort of early days yeah. hits. But Stranger Things, I think, has more cultural saturation than those. So it's I would say it's probably their biggest hit. Yeah, I mean, obviously Ozark is huge. But, I mean, like... I would say that yeah, Ozark the, was big, yeah. the only star really in Stranger Things before Stranger Things happened was Winona Ryder. Everybody else yeah. was an unknown or a relatively unknown. Like the guy, the yeah. the guy who plays uh, the the like David, main David scientist Harper. guy that's over L. He's oh, been in yeah. tons of stuff, and uh, the yeah, sheriff yeah, yeah. has been in tons of stuff too. But they weren't like huge. Yeah, that's David you Harper. Know, name brand people whereas Winona Ryder has been around for a minute yeah uh I would agree I definitely think this this cast gives big and introducing energy if you will Mm -hmm. uh they they all seem to be unknowns I think that that uh, I'm uh, you know there's so much to be said for star power I think that one of the good things and one of the bad things about you know, our media environment is that star power has power. And so it can be used in good ways and bad ways. Um, I, I would say that it was used pretty well for Cowboy Bebop and it, Cowboy Bebop's fatal flaw had really nothing to do with the star at its center. Um, and probably it did a little bit better than it would have if it hadn't had that star. One Piece is not going in a star direction. From what I can tell, I would agree that these, these are all unknowns. I I would say, yeah, you know, Cowboy Bebop, I feel like, burned me a little bit. I haven't watched the Death Note adaptation, which I am, have been led to understand is also a bit of a hot mess, but maybe in a way that can be sort of B-movie fun. Mm. Um, so, and that was, I think, one movie or maybe a pair of movies. It was not a show. Cowboy Bebop obviously came out with a show that was probably intended to run for several seasons and did not get renewed for a second one because it was not well received. Um, and we, we talked about that extensively here, but I, I just watching this trailer, part of me went back to those conversations that we had before the Cowboy Bebop show came out. And even though the Cowboy Bebop show didn't turn out well, I would still throw out that same advice, which is, it's better to hope that it's going to be good because why wouldn't you want more good things in the world? If one piece is too precious to you to ever be adapted, I have good news for you. It still exists in the way that has been precious to you up until now. And the release of this cannot change that in any demonstrable way. Uh, you are, you know, I think that Cowboy Bebop is a masterpiece. I think that Netflix's live action Cowboy Bebop was a flop. And I think that the existence of the live action Cowboy Bebop, uh, does nothing to, uh, change the quality of the original Cowboy Bebop. Uh, you're welcome to make the argument that there are some people that might have watched and loved the anime that will not pick it up because they don't think that the live action is good and assume similar levels of quality for the anime. And that's fine. Uh, I think that our mar- that's we're working on the margins when we're having that conversation. So for the most part that's okay. So if you really if you really don't think that One Piece can or should be adapted, uh I may or may not agree with you. I think I think if you're trying to adapt One Piece as a story from start to finish, a live action adaptation is doomed from the start because time is a thing. Um but 
you know, I think that making a valiant effort at it is fine. And I think that it's going to be more productive for everyone involved if we just hope that it turns out well. Uh, this trailer doesn't super do it for me. Uh, it seems a little too... Mm, not just not super polished in the way that I want it to be. I'm not sure. It's a lot of the characters, not so much acting as um, saying the this one cool thing or having this one cool moment. And it's really functionally impossible to judge a performance based on the way that they get out one specific line in one moment that's supposed to be cool or that's supposed to be a callback or whatever. So it's hard to judge how the performances are going to be. But the look of this doesn't do it for me. It has a sort of, it has a sort of like color saturation or lighting style that looks very kind of CG green screen artificial for me in a way that is not great. Uh, it kind of, this is a weird comparison. It kind of reminds me to Zack Snyder's DC films, which I feel like have that same kind of like, Vaseline on the camera lens lighting effect that gives everything a sort of surreal look that doesn't look like it's from a place. And and this One Piece trailer gave me a little bit of that and made me feel like it wasn't... I wasn't living in that world as much as I was seeing a big fantasy world and maybe sort of, sort of a green screen extravaganza. And... It's not my favorite thing in the world. It can be done well. I just watched Endgame again. It's done really well there. Uh, and this is just one trailer. Um, so I don't know. I did, just for me, the look of the trailer wasn't great. Um, but I'll say the silver lining is that One Piece is a really different property than Cowboy Bebop. And especially early One Piece is high, heavy-handed whimsy. And so if you're going a little bigger and a little maybe less realistic, if if you agree with my read on how this thing looked, that it doesn't it doesn't make you feel like the world is coming to life so much as you're watching a TV show of the world, I guess. Mm. Um, I think that that's probably fine for early One Piece and it might still be successful there. It's my understanding that One Piece gets pretty fucking hard later on, so I don't know that that's a tone they would be able to manage the entire time. But, you know, the manga and the anime of One Piece have managed that uh, shift, so it seems like it's definitely doable. This just, it doesn't look like something that I'm going to super enjoy or think looks good based on the trailer, and I still hope that it turns out great. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have lower hopes for this one that I had for Cowboy Bebop, but I mean, that might end up being Same. a good thing, because like my you know, my stuff being low sometimes leads to me enjoying it more, just because I, I didn't have like a preconceived notion. Yeah, I mean, Cowboy Bebop definitely suffered from they, they knew the challenges going into it, uh, they knew the expectations going into it, and they tried to answer those in the pre-release marketing in a way that inspired confidence that was not borne out in the product. One Piece has a similar problem. One Piece is one of the biggest properties in the world for like a while now. So they're definitely going to have to contend with that expectations situation. They're going to have to contend with a, if you will, a whole sea of fans that want different things 
they're, they're each little fan, you know, there's so many fans of this thing and they're all going to, you know, congregate in their own little islands of content expectation, if you will. Is this metaphor working for you? Um, and then the one piece team is going to have to, they're going to navigate that sea of expectations and they're going to try and see which islands they're going to visit, you know, and which people are going to be happy about it. Is this, is this tracking? Yeah. I, I mean, I I do my best to not listen to you anytime we're doing this show. So I, I, I try yeah, to- I can tell. Yeah, I, I think that comes through in the recordings. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, hey uh, everybody, we did watch some stuff this week. So first, we need to talk about the Star Wars Visions episode. Um, and uh, I I um I, I think this for me, and I don't know how you feel, was the first miss. Um, hmm. I I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as the first three. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I, it's not a miss, but it's so different. The first three were like epic, incredible, emotional tales. And this one isn't not emotional. It definitely has that, that pathos to it. But like it's operating on a totally different wavelength. And that wavelength isn't necessarily what I come to Star Wars for. Yeah. Uh, it did remind me there's at least one or two episodes in the original star- season of star-, star Wars visions that did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't love those either just cause it's not serving me what I want to be served. So here's, here's the thing that uh, this one, this one is about like a, a mother daughter thing um, where the, the mother is coming to a race that the daughter's having, and it really smacks of the thing that happens to me when I'm watching anime, which is that if you give me something like anime, I'm going to want it to be big and dumb a lot of times and action-y. And if you're going to give me something that is much more, more like it's in the world that I'm looking at, but that, that I want it to be in, but it is more akin to a slice of life piece of thing. I'm just like, I, I understand that it's not terrible, but it's not something that I wanted to watch. I, I agree with you. The, uh, if Am I interpreting you correctly as you saying... Like when people offer a slice of life anime to watch, we're probably not going to like it. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not our thing. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's kind of what I was getting at. I would also say, so this is this is done by Ardman Animations. They are a, a very famous British animation studio. Um, they use stop motion clay animation techniques. Uh, they are most famous for Wallace and Gromit, Sean the Sheep, and I guess a character named Morph, which I don't know that one. Um, they had uh, big big name titles like Flushed Away, Chicken Run, obviously the Wallace and Gromit stuff. This is a huge studio. And when I saw the trailer for Star Wars Vision Season 2, I was so stoked when I saw the very clear animation style that this studio uses and realized that they were going to be a part of it. I was like, oh, the Wallace and Gromit people are in this season. So excited. And yeah, I would agree. This this just isn't the story I wanted from them. Uh, I remember there was one about a concert in season one that I didn't love. And that was a little bit more of a slice of life comedy rather than like, you know, high drama, action, whatever. And that wasn't my favorite. This one, it, I, I didn't I didn't expect the, you know, operatic drama of your average Star War in this studio's episode. Mm-hmm. But what I did expect was more 
of their trademark inventive comedy. Mm-hmm. They're very clever and fun and funny. And this was a little bit I'm not by the I was about to say by the numbers and that's totally unfair. But this this was this was a good story and it was a well-made story. Everything about this works fine, but because it's the Wallace and Gromit people, I wanted more of that like whimsical comedic edge and there are little hints of it in the margins but it is really focused on the slightly more serious story that it's telling about a daughter hiding a mother-daughter event from her mother and then her mother finds out about it and sort of coerces the daughter into participating and then the daughter is like oh maybe my mom isn't the worst or whatever and like that's a it's a nice story and the story worked for me but like because it's this animation studio i was like oh this is not what i wanted it's not what i want from star wars it's not what i want from this animation studio and they're both combining to give me basically double what i am not looking for for either of them yeah okay we have normal episodes oh my god hold on i have to move my car this guy <laughs> okay. started his loud ass fucking engine right next to me I'm just I don't understand why people like cut off their mufflers and shit just so they can be as loud as fucking possible oh it's because they have tiny penises and they want everybody to know about it I don't understand it sorry Rashad we're about to go into the episode okay now that I've moved away from that um alright we have an episode to go over and uh Blake are you are you ready? Oh, for thirty seconds. Oh no! Wait, I forgot about this. Shoot, I even have a previously on section that I can use again because we finally covered the bleach stuff. Oh, okay. What? Do I, let me think. How much time did you give me? How much time do I have? You have you have. Four, I gave you forty five seconds before, but I mean, honestly, if we're being honest here, I mean, I think you should. I think you should be doing. You know, thirty seconds. <laughs> I don't have to cover that much. This is fine. It's fine. Okay. And go. Mob Psycho 100 is about a boy who's called Mob, even though he's not named Mob. He has natural inborn psychic powers. He's also going through middle school puberty time, so he's very awkward in his body. But through the course of the show, he started to develop a lot of self-confidence. He also happened to create a giant tree of broccoli by expelling a bunch of psychic force, and the town around him has become obsessed with it in a sort of culty religious way. His friend Dimple, who is a disembodied spirit with world domination goals, has decided that maybe he's going to pretend to be the guy that made the tree so he can become a cult leader. There's also another psychic in town, not nearly as strong as Mob, called Teru, and that's everything you need to know. I got, I did it, I did it. <laughs> you did it only. That was it. Only slightly after time. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> oh man. Okay. So here's here's the thing about these episodes, real quick, before we get started, because uh, our first episode, by the way, is going to be episode five, Divine Tree Two Peace. These episodes are going to be, I think, the first big interesting switcheroo for me, at least. Did you also feel that way? Uh, say more. Um, so, okay, I don't want to give it away before us actually talking about it. Do you? I just, I'm, um, 
I'll we'll circle back to this question because I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm following your line of reasoning okay. here. So these episodes are going to do really, really interesting things in a way that I did not, I just did not see coming, um, and I I just wanted to make people aware if there are people that are you know aren't always watching these um, that 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 you you might want to like go into these before listening to this episode and just like see how good this creator is at twisting your expectations because this second episode that we cover it it will it will completely shock not shock you but be very interesting what kind of turn he decides to take um just because yeah. every time he hits 100 i just want it to be a stupid big stupid dumb fight but instead it's just like what is the animator decided is going to be the best way to tell this story? And I'm just like blown away every fucking time. Yeah. But anyways, so there's this tree and it's the big broccoli and everybody has gone nuts over it. But not only that, everyone's gone super brainwashy over it because, um, dimple, like we said, has taken up the mantle of the, cultish leader of what they're calling the psycho helmet club which by the way is so great because mob has a bowl cut and this is based on a very tragic drawing of mob where somebody didn't get a good look at him so it's just like a dude with like the bowl cut really dramatically drawn on and now it's become the psycho helmet because he's psychic and i think everybody kind of figured that part out but his hair looks like a helmet because the drawing is bad. And that's just fun. (laughs) So Dimple has become psycho helmet, which is he's, he basically like fused or began to possess parts of the giant broccoli tree so that he could create a facsimile human form out of broccoli roots to walk around and pretend to be the original founder of this cult slash tree. And so, yeah, he then used his influence to spread a brainwashing element by causing people in the town to ingest like ground up parts of the broccoli tree, which then, you know, brainwashed them into his automaton mindless service. And now he is, uh, he's got everybody in town basically except Mob. And that's where we left him off. And Mob is going to go in the tree to confront him. And he meets with the Psycho Helmet and is like, he realizes pretty much instantaneously that this is Dimple. Which I don't think he knew beforehand, but he takes it pretty well in stride. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think one of the things that's really interesting about the way that this episode is done is it's just, it, it's it's going to kind of subvert those expectations in a a couple of different ways the first one is that you immediately think that um that dimple is going to just be taken care of by mob like i I, oh yeah i was i was completely convinced that he was just gonna like you know knock mob down to size uh, or knock a dimple down to size and just completely take care of him immediately i thought this was going to be an emotional i thought dimple was going to like play on mobs emotions Mm -hmm. 
as a way to stall for time, which is not really what happens at all. No, and Mob Mob is is going to twist it in a very interesting way, which is also going to show how an adult he's become. Anyways, um, so the first thing that's going to happen is that Dimple is going to try to convince Mob that he needs to um, join his cult religion thing, and the reasoning why is because um, Dimple wants to basically become a god. Um, and Mob says, yeah. no, what you're doing is that you're manipulating people. And he releases Teru, and he's like, Teru, come fight me. And Teru instead joins Dimple, and he's fighting against Mob. And Mob is just like, do you, do you fucking see? This is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you're just brainwashing people, and you're just, you're just trying to take them over. And you're not, you're not a god. You're just instead uh, somebody that is is unable to accept what they actually are and accept themselves. And so slowly, Dimple has been like absorbing Mob's power so that it can be more and more and more powerful. Um, and instead of Mob being knocked away or knocked down or it absorbing so much that Dimple explodes, which is the usual way that it turns out, um, we're going to flip into episode six, Divine Tree three, Dimple is, and Mob is going to reach 100% first, and he just stops putting out his power. And he just well, lets you go. also Yes, but you've also missed a huge thing, which is that Dimple is now a golden god. Oh, yeah. He is. He has turned himself into a big muscly boy, and it's so funny because Dennis on "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" always calls himself a golden god, and now here is a character trying to literally make himself a god mm-hmm. using godlike powers, who happens to show up in a completely golden form. And I could not handle it. <laughs> this is great, but he's he's definitely like you. Remember how in the first episode of One Punch Man, the character that shows up is definitely a play on perfect cell. I got the same kind of energy from dimples, golden God of like, this character feels a little bit like that, uh, dragon ball Z influence. So just like super muscly fighty boy. Um, it's pretty cool, but yeah, he, he and mob fight a little bit and mob is sort of winning, but there's also, they do such a good thing here where they're like, you find out that Dimple is powered by a couple of things. One, he is throwing like all these vines at Mob because he's in charge of the tree. And when the vines grab Mob, they're able to siphon off some of Mob's power. So theoretically, even though in general, Mob is power more powerful than Dimple in a way that it's not even kind of a... Con- they don't even live in the same universe. Their power levels are so different. But Dimple is able to literally use Mob's powers instead because he's able to steal it from Mob using the tree. But also, the tree has been gathering just sort of the ambient psychic power of the town. Because everybody... It's not necessarily that everybody is psychic, but just that there's the power of like the way that people focus their minds. And because everyone's mind has been focused on this tree, it has been absorbing what amounts to a town's worth of sort of passive psychic energy for a little while. And so Dimple is fighting with basically the town's mind's worth of psychic power plus an increasing portion of Mob's power, which Mob, at the same time, is losing 
access to. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, but this does push him to 100, which you think is usually the trump card. And in this instance, it's not because Mob releases that energy on purpose. Okay. And here's our first twist. So our first twist inside of this is that Mob, instead of fighting, is going to go like a pass, uh, like a pacifism route where he's just like, no, I'm not going to fight you. What I am going to do is I'm going to say I'm sorry for not supporting you. And it's just like this, this like very interesting moment <laughs> where Dimple has to like decide like, is my friend just being my friend just because he cares about me? And it's just like this, this weird, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do in this response? <laughs> and it's just... It's a really... It's interesting from Mob's perspective, too, because he's like... What he's saying here literally is, I'm sorry I didn't support your dreams of world domination. Which is not literally what he's trying. He's not trying to say, like, I should have conquered the world with you. That's not actually what he's saying. But it is kind of how it comes out. And it's sort of funny. Yeah. But he is he is making an interesting point of, like, you're my friend. And you have this, like, great desire. It's, like, the driving goal of your entire existence. And you came to me and asked if I wanted to be a part of it and I said no, and that doesn't feel like being a very good friend Yeah. <laughs> outside of the context of the thing being world domination, where an entire town has already been mind controlled. Uh, that's a pretty reasonable thing to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're just going to gloss over that last part there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, you know, it, it as a sort of, weird bank shot metaphor sort of works here. Once you get the spirit of what Mob is saying, you're like, okay, I see you're not saying I should have conquered the world with you. You're not saying I am not going to stop you from conquering the world or I'm going to now, you know, later on accept your offer to conquer it together. But you are saying we're friends and you expressed your great desires to me and I dismissed them. And that wasn't a very kind thing of me to do. And that's true. Yeah. Uh, there's there's reality in that, I guess, is what I mean to say. Yeah. Well, okay. So... It's like if you... If, it's like, you know, for example, if you host a podcast and uh, your co-host just doesn't even listen to a fucking word you say the whole time, just ignores you, it would be like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know... You know, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, here's here's the other thing. And I, 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 really, I really want people to pick up on this. There's a different twist in this episode. <laughs> there's, like, there's like three twists layered on each other. It's so great. Because, okay. So, so Mob is going to be, like, accepting of this. And um, when he's accepting of this, um, Dimple is going to be like, okay, we, we don't have to do this anymore. But like the, the, um, it's, it's making, it's making Mob like very tired and he's expended all this energy. And then. Yeah. He just like blew all of his energy away after he maxed it out. So he's got none. Yeah. 
And then... <laughs> then there's another weird thing that's going to happen. Which is the tree has become sentient. And it's going to start uh-huh. fighting against Dimple. <laughs> Why? Why there the are... fuck not? There are almost no instances in which you can say the tree has become sentient to me. And I'm like nodding enthusiastically. This might be the only one. Yeah, it's it's really this is whole whole cloth crazy. <laughs> it's it, but it is also like with what we've seen of Mob Psycho 100 and what we've seen of you know One Punch Man season one. This is this this creator is so this guy of like pulling these sort of fast ones on the audience in a way that feels so justified and correct or, you know, going really big with it and then making you feel like it was clever or inevitable or something like that. It's really cool. So yeah, Dimple's about to solve the whole thing. He's like, okay, I'm not going to take over the world because maybe taking over the world was me just trying to fill a void of loneliness. I'm definitely paraphrasing here or maybe doing some extrapolation. But like basically Dimple is like, okay, your sincere confession of friendship has made me realize that we actually do have a sincere friendship, that that is valuable to me and that that will not be maintained with my world domination plans. And maybe I care more about the friendship. So I'm going to give up on the world domination and mob is like, okay, as a part of that, like, can you please release everybody from this brainwashing? And so dimples like, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to make everybody no longer be brainwashed. I'm going to erase their memories of this whole affair that led up to the brainwashing so that everybody can kind of, you know, because if you de-brainwash them, some people are still going to be really weird about the tree. But uh, he's going to try and sort of set everything back to a normal status quo and then re-embrace his life with Mob with now the knowledge in the forefront of his mind that Mob and he are friends and that that there's something special there. And that is not exactly how things are going to go. <laughs> Yeah, because the tree. <laughs> and uh, The tree has become alive. Yeah, so the tree has absorbed all this power, and it's going to get into a big-ass fight with Dimple. Um, here's the other thing that's going to happen, though. Dimple's going to get his, like, ass handed to him. <laughs> yeah, but it's also the big flashy action sequence, so you kind of love it, even though you're like, oh no, I care about this person now. And also the tree becoming alive is so great because Dimple literally, it it was set up perfectly, right? Dimple was like, this tree has been absorbing the psyche of the town. And I have been warping that into a form and pushing, sort of shaping it with my own desires to, to conquer the world. And so when, when the tree is revealed to have become alive, and it shows up in the form of the psycho helmet sort of, uh, you know, image that Dimple himself was using before he became a golden god, obviously. Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, the tree becomes alive. That's stupid. But the tree absorbs ambient psyche from the town because people are focusing all their mental energy on it. Then someone comes along and shapes that mental energy into a form and gives it the purpose of conquering the world. When they abandon it, that 
you know, powerful psychic concoction doesn't necessarily go away. And now it's sprouted legs and it's moving on its own. And it's so fascinating. and I love it. Yeah. So Dimple is going to lose this fight and uh, wander home with Mob and take care of him. Mob is going to thank Dimple for basically coming back and being good to him. Um, and the last thing that we see in these episodes, though, is, like, my favorite dumb thing that happens in these episodes, which is the fucking tree is just gonna be like, peace out, Earth. (laughs) Wait, I hard disagree with you on what just happened. What? Dimple dies. What? Yeah. Dimple is taking Mob out of the tree... When the tree is revealed to have become alive, then they have a giant fight sequence. Mob is passed out. He has lost consciousness because he's used too much energy. He cannot care. He's literally being carried out of the tree by Dimple. And then Dimple shows up and you see this. There's two different shots. So you see it from Mob's perspective and then you see it from the reality. From Mob's perspective, Dimple has returned back to his ghostly form. And he says to Mob, I need you to get up and walk yourself out of here and take yourself home because I can't carry you. And he lies and says, I also used too much energy fighting you and I didn't realize it. So I need you to walk yourself out of here because I can't carry you like I thought I could. Then it cuts to where you see Dimple is still actually in his golden god form, but he's missing an arm. He's missing a leg. Part of his midsection has been blown away. And then... Mob walks away and it uses those cuts again. So every time Mob looks at Dimple, he is in his ghostly form and he's standing still watching Mob walk out of the tree. And when it, when it cuts to Mob looking away from him and you're seeing over Mob's shoulder, you see him in this completely battered form and you see the face of the tree looming behind him and you realize That in some way, Dimple is either holding off the tree or has made a bargain to let Mob leave. And Mob goes out of the tree and he says, let's all go home. And everyone disperses. But Dimple is not at home. And when he's there later, his brother comes up to him and asks him where Dimple is. And Mob does not know. And then he starts crying. And then you see on the news that the tree has flown away into space, which is exactly what Mob told Dimple he wanted to do with the tree earlier. And Dimple does not come home, and Mob breaks down into tears, turns away from the camera, and says, Thank you, Dimple. Dimple is dead. I don't believe it. You better watch that episode again. No, I don't think that that's what... I don't think that Dimple is gone. I disagree with you. I, I we haven't seen the rest I of the I will show. agree that Dimple... I will agree that Dimple can come back, but I think it is very clear that at this point in this character's life, he believes that Dimple has made a sacrifice and is not there anymore. I would agree with you that I believe that he thinks Dimple has made that sacrifice, but I don't think that Dimple is gone, gone. Yeah, I can, I'll, I'll, I'll co-sign that. Dim, I, I don't know what the, the rules are for spirits here. I don't know if they can be completely removed forever. Uh, you might be able to kill Dimple and then it reforms in like a month or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think we're supposed to believe that Dimple lost and is, until further notice, removed from the story. And I thought it was really emotional and effective. Yeah, I agree with you there. I just, 
I, I, it's so weird to me sometimes when I feel like we get to the end of something and we see it in a, like a different perspective from each other. Yeah. Cause like I, I legitimately do not think that I, I feel like the, the tree left and that was, it was like a joke inside of it and you don't. Oh no. I thought that was super tragic. <laughs> You were like, it's so funny. And I was like, this was the, the like sad exclamation point at the end of a character death. See, like when you, when you hold that, like he, he, he like cries at the very end of it. Like I thought yeah. that was just, man, I, I feel like I lost, I, I completely missed something here now. Now I'm going to have. Yeah. He's, I think you see him cry, but he definitely turns away from the camera. He like, he won't look at his brother when his brother comes in to ask him what happened. Mm-hmm. Mob does say that he doesn't quite remember because Dimple said he was going to erase everyone's memories. And because Mob was depowered at the time, he was able to erase Mob's memory as well. And uh, and then, yeah, his brother comes in and is like, what happened with what happened with you and Dimple? And Mob gives him some like vague answer about how he can't remember, but he won't look at him. He does not turn around. He keeps his back to his brother. And then when his brother leaves, he like lays down on his bed and faces away from us in, in the audience towards the towards. And it sounds to me, it sounds to me like the voice actor is playing it as though he's crying. I can't remember if you see him cry, but I do think you do. Um, but yeah, this is this is played definitely funereally from from my perspective. Yeah. Hmm. This is so. I guess if you watched it, you have to come up in our Discord and tell us what you think. <laughs> yeah, seriously, i I would like to I would like to know what everybody's perspective is inside these episodes. Also, if you're telling us perspective, do not, for the love of God, tell us what happens next, because I would like to just find. Oh out yeah, because we don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, I'm curious because. I, I was really surprised when you said that, and you seem really surprised by what I'm saying. So we definitely picked up on different things here. Did you watch but the I dub? I see. Or the dub? I watched the dub. Okay. Oh, um, and this was different. this was also this was also the first time when I watched the the dub where I was like, oh yeah, I can tell that this is a different voice actor from season two because. Mob's voice actor got switched out between season two and season three. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So you watch the subs? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Now I'm really curious. I, I need people. I need people that are listening to this to come into the Discord or on Reddit or whatever. There's a lot of places to talk to us, but Discord is the most direct way. And tell us what your experience of this episode was because I thought it was really sad. (laughs) All right. Well, with that being said, we do need to talk about what's coming on next week. So stick with us after these credits and we'll talk about it. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 15 sound wizard. Fireball! 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 Ad-free versions of our podcast are available on Patreon, along with extra Patreon-only goodies, like additional conversations and articles written by the hosts. Follow us on Twitter at B&SGetJumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. 
or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. We also have a Discord server, and you can find links to that on our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week. Thanks for listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Got Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden episodes 205 through 208. Yeah, we're going to go and deal with somebody who's just looking at you. You ever get those, you ever get that feeling that somebody is just looking at you and you're just like, I don't know if it's his regular eyes or his lots of eyes or his hand eyes or his foot eyes or his face eyes. He's got a lot of eyes. (laughs) Perfect.